To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not just their battle tactics, but their history, philosophy, art. To the Chase Ascendancy Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Chase Ascendancy, episode sixty-eight. Today we're talking about the High Republic and the Bad Batch. We're giving you a little double dip. We're going to do a review of two things. We're going to review the third episode of the Bad Batch, um, mm. The Replacements, I believe the name is. And um, then we're also going to talk about High Republic issue number five, if do you're you, keeping up with High Republic. Do you remember the uh, double dipping episode of Mythbusters? No. It was based on the episode of Seinfeld where George double dipped at a party and uh-huh. Jerry was like, you might as well just put your whole mouth in the bowl. That's funny. So they're seeing if you actually transfer very yeah, germs. Yeah, there's as much germs from double dipping as if you actually put your the whole bowl in your mouth. I mean, I assume not. It was not. <laughs> it was not the same. You but might as well put your whole mouth in there. What are you doing? Double dipping? It may have been that George was the one that was upset. It seems like more like something George would say. But either way. Jerry, you might have to put your whole mouth in there. George is by far the best character. Oh, yeah. He's, he's the light of that show for me. For most people, I think it's Kramer, but. Yeah. To quote my good friend Chance Abbott, you come for the Kramer, but you stay for the George. <laughs> I think that I like Seinfeld better than uh, any other comedy series. Ever? Even the way it ended? I mean, the way it ended was stupid, but that's it's it's a show about nothing, so I it makes sense. So. Okay, so I'm not really a Big Bang Theory person. Mm-mm. Friends is okay, mm. um, and I'll say this: Friends would be better without Ross. Ross is so annoying. I think I've maybe watched like two ever whole episodes. Of this Friends. is the whole show. Everybody's having a good time, and Ross is like, "I guess it's basically like Madagascar, but with humans." <laughs> And Melman, which is voiced by the guy that does Ross, is just a sack of sad the whole time. Uh, the Office is fantastic, but I don't... Man. It's a very different feel from Seinfeld. I know. It's hard to compare him to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would say start to finish Seinfeld is better. Hmm. Because after Michael leaves, They're the just different flavors. a big, you know big I mean? downturn. Yeah, but there's not a big... There's not a uh, moment where you're like, this show used to be funnier. I feel like Seinfeld is funny throughout. I feel like The Office gets less funny over time. I think the humor time. definitely changes after, uh, what's the name? The guy that does Kirby Enthusiasm. Larry David? Larry David. Yeah, Larry David left the show, I think, in like season three. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm fairly certain. We can look it up. Remember that... Have you seen the interview where uh, Jerry Seinfeld is asked by some uh, by uh, what's that guy? He died a while back. Super, super famous talk show host Larry King 
asked him mm-hmm. uh, if he had gotten canceled, and Jerry was like, "We had a hundred million viewers oh, on yeah, last was, episode. Are you serious? He was really canceled. It was the greatest show of all time, and you want to know if I was canceled? Hmm. I'm gonna do this whole show in my Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> voice. So, what's up with the chess ascendancy, huh? <laughs> I can't have a... I can't glide. I can't have a... Stole you have a show. Okay, so he left after season seven. Like How many day. seasons are there? Nine. Oh, there you go. Um, it's also, I want to say, a happy birthday shout-out to the maker himself, George Lucas, mm. just recently. And then... Um, How old is he now? 77? Look at him go. Is he 77? Uh, hey, Siri... How old is George Lucas? Everybody's phone in the room just turned George on. George Lucas is 77 years old. Showing. Nailed it. Is that unprofessional of me? I don't know. Um, so, yeah, George Lucas's birthday. Also, today, as we record, uh, Sunday, May, what, 16th, is the Attack of the Clones birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Attack of the Clones. Happy Severely. birthday, Attack of the Clones. <laughs> I'm so glad it's Attack Attack of the Clones. Clones. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Okay, so today we're reviewing uh, The Bad Batch Episode 3 and Higher Public Comic Number 5 to keep you caught up with all the medias of Star Wars. So let's talk about uh, something that somebody in one of my Star Wars groups noticed, which is that the rank insignia plaque on Tarkin's tunic changes from Admiral, or was it? Yes. Admiral, right? And then it changed to Grand Moff, mm-hmm. which is kind of a big deal. And it also kind of gives us a good timeline of the Tarkin novel, where that's at in all of this. Ah, uh, yes. Because he's not Grand Moff until towards the end of the novel, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. So he's got a lot on his plate. Yeah, he's doing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Let me see. I know you sent me that picture. Happy birthday, Attack of the Clones. <laughs> Is he a grand? The the rank Grand Moff is like created for at him. the end of Tarkin, right? It's I don't kinda... recall. It's created for Tarkin. I can't remember. Regional governor. I haven't read that book in six years. Wow. So. I think I read it last year again. Happy birthday, Attack of the Clones. But I'm fairly certain that that's the case because I don't think he's a Grand Moff. Until after he settles that whole dispute that he's working on. So in episode one, the uh, Imperial Insignia, um, the little rank plaque badge yeah. thingy, uh, solid. So there's there's six spots no matter what. And so solid red and solid blue, solid red on top, solid blue on bottom is Admiral. Yeah. And then I believe red and blue and gold on the top is Grand Admiral, correct? Um, red and blue here and gold on the top red and gold on top blue on bottom mm. is my understanding uh, it's the opposite of this got you so Grand Moff which is what Tarkin has here where solid blue on top red and gold split on the bottom if you flip that and it's solid blue on bottom red and gold on the top right, 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 right. that's Grand Admiral um, so yeah you want to jump into Bad Batch first yeah let's talk about it we're here uh, so this episode of the Bad Batch is uh, very interesting, and it's actually doing some very good work showing uh, what happens with um, 
the switchover from clone troopers to yes recruits that is very interesting which was a big big deal to me i was very excited to see that well and those four people that are working with crosshair they were es1 es2 es3 es4 is that stand for enhanced soldier i don't think so elite squad maybe okay um because the the black series figures that have been released it says elite squad is that what it's saying okay so here i was thinking that it was just a new version of clone yeah or like a separate version of clone but it makes sense that this is the armor they already have yeah also i found out uh the guy that voices admiral what's it who's it uh-huh. uh he's the guy that voices charles on red dead redemption 2 and i just watched a new netflix anime uh yes and he's the voice of uh the main character <laughs> trying to say it like they say it it looks like yasuki but that's not how they say it i'm trying to watch attack on titan so i I was just like man i'm watching a bunch of stuff with that guy in it i've watched one and a half episodes i fell asleep because i of course i watch it late at night so i fall asleep but um i'm having a hard time taking it seriously because i'm a big dragon ball z fan Mm -hmm. but dragon ball z is also a comedy yeah it's also the memes it's also you know it's silly even the parts that are serious i'm like Still enjoying it for the memes. Right. So, like, whenever... Uh, kind of like the Velocipaster. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I told Kill King about that, and he was like, what? Dude, uh, fantastic movie. But um, Goku's wife, what's her name? Chi-Chi? Mm-hmm. Whenever she's talking about, like, you better not be late for dinner. I've worked my butt off for this all day. Mm-hmm. And she's standing over him, and she's like, you better not be late for dinner. Yeah. And there's, like, lines going out of her head. That's funny to me, mm-hmm. right? That's like, oh, get it? She's being a crazy wife. It's overexpressive or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then when they do that and it's a serious moment, there's one part from, I mean, I guess it's a spoiler if you haven't seen the first episode of Attack on Titan, but there's a moment where the Titans are attacking. Get that. Crazy. And uh, Wait, Attack on Titans or Attack by Titans? The show is called Attack on Titan. Right. But this is Attacking by Titans Ooh, in this So scene. the opposite of the show. Correct. So um, the Titans are storming the city or whatever, and so the main character... His mom is her bottom half is trapped under the house, so he can't get her away in time. And a titan's the coming old up. Wizard of Oz. Yeah, and so uh, except for I think it was everything but her bottom. So it's funny because the spaceship. She uh, she's like, you know, I can't make it. Just go on without me. And he's like, I'm not gonna leave you, mom. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, uh, she's pleading with him, like, please, son, I can't even feel my legs. Like, there's no way I'm gonna make it. Mm-hmm. Yada, 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 you know. He's like, I'm not going to let you die like that. And she goes, <laughs> she goes from that, like, please, son, save yourself. She goes, why aren't you listening for once in your life? <laughs> oh, so I couldn't take it seriously. It's so, like how most of our childhood discussions went. I mean, <laughs> yeah, except for there weren't actual lines coming out of mom's head. So anyways, um. I don't know how he got on that, but yeah. So, oh, you were talking about it was Yisuke. gradual. You're talking about Yisuke. Uh, so, Bad Batch is being uh, the clones are being replaced by troopers and Admiral. What's his name? I don't remember. He gets a, he also gets a promotion in that episode. Yeah, he's a captain or something at first. So hey, Private, want to be an admiral? All right, jumping up like five spots. So he, um, man, I can't remember the guy's name. Rampart. Uh, you're probably right, but I'm going to check. 
prove me right. So Rampart decides that the number one thing important to the expansion of the Empire is loyalty. Yeah, Vice Admiral Rampart. There you go. Um, oh, okay, so he wasn't like oh full Admiral, Vice Admiral. That's the same rank as Holdo. What if he's like, I don't like it here. I'm going to drive my ship into all the other <laughs> ships. Um, so... They decide that loyalty is the number one thing, and so they would rather have less skill and more loyalty from their troopers. And, uh, hey, have you played Battlefront 2, the new one? Mm-mm. Mm. Not a lot. I've played... Do you know who the character Iden Versio is? Mm-mm. She's a Inferno Squad TIE Fighter pilot. Okay. Black chick? Um, I don't think she's black. I don't know what she is. She's not white, but I think I that just remember. I've probably seen her in like posters and stuff. Not Ray Sloan. That's who you're thinking of. No, I'm thinking of a Thai pilot. Okay, well, this young lady, I think that she is one of the elite squadron troopers. Oh yeah, yeah. That's Look cool. up Iden Versio, Bad Batch, and everybody's speculating that one of the four characters. When I first saw her, I was like, that looks like Iden Versio. She's got a very specific. Yeah, I could see that. She looks eye shape. Uh, what does she look like in not bad badge? Pretty much the same. Cause she, yeah, I guess so. I, her, I could see where it would also not be her. Right, 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 right. But that's the speculation that some folks have. Okay, been so yeah, she looks more like Pacific Islander here. Right. Um. So the idea is replace. So leave these altered clones in charge to train it's very similar to i know i've been bringing this up a lot but the republic commando series the republic commandos and the null arcs in them are trained by real life mandalorians Mm -hmm. versus the average troop is just trained by whoever um but cal scarada trains the republic commandos that's why they call him papa cal um and so the idea is similar where you have someone like Crosshair who could mm-hmm. train these new recruits, and as he's phased out, obviously he'll age improperly and all that stuff. Um, the DNA template from Django Fett is waning, mm-hmm. and they don't obviously have Django Fett to go get more from. Um, and I've always so, been kind of puzzled by that concept. You know what I mean? Because what mean? Well, they're mapping his DNA. They're not just like replicating it. So you would think once they kind of have the template... They could just copy and paste. Yeah. Also, you know what I mean? They make it seem like they need more DNA, so they're going to use a clone. But they probably need a clone that's been unaltered, which is when Boba Fett's going to come into the show. Mm. I'm just putting it out there. We were talking about this earlier, but what's the likelihood you think Cal Kestis makes an appearance? I'm kind of in a bad mood towards Cal Kestis today because I saw a ridiculous post okay, earlier. Everybody knows that there is no chance that Cal Kestis beats Starkiller in a fight. Somebody he could barely this on he could barely handle surviving a fight with some of the Inquisitors. So he's not going to freaking go toe to toe with Starkiller. It'll just never happen. A god level force user that's literally too strong for the current canon. And he's basically someone go, had the gall to ask on Facebook. He's like the Jedi equivalent of Goku in freaking Dragon Ball GT where he's OP and everybody's like, it's not canon, it's not canon. <laughs> that's how OP, that's how OP Starkiller is. Start. Somebody that can literally rival the power of the Emperor? Come on, forget about it. With red fur and a tail? Forget about it. Forget about it. 
Yeah, I was like, what? Starkiller wakes up in the morning and pisses excellence. I, I don't even waste time thinking about what would happen because I know what would happen. Uh, I think Cal Kestis could show up, though. I think that would be kind of cool because so, we, we got to see uh, Kanan as a yep. Padawan. This would be about the hey, time. Hey, kids. You know what I mean? Because Calzy is going to be looking for somewhere to hunker down. Did you say Calzy? Cal he oh. is going to be looking for oh. somewhere. I thought you were just giving him a, a cute name. Hey, Calzone. I mean, you better go to the doctor make sure you don't have testicular cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Uh, so, anyways, back to the Bad Batch. Uh, the highlight for me was by far Crosshair. And Crosshair... See, I knew that you were going to like him the further we went on. I know. I was I on know. the train from the start, but I knew you'd get there. Okay, but here's the thing, is that I didn't like how he interacted with other clones. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? When he was like, they're just regs. I was like, they're the same as you. Mm-mm. But then whenever he whenever he starts training these other cats... It's kind of like... Uh, Adam, you remember in youth when uh, She Who Must Not Be Named was like, there are ugly people in the room. <laughs> Otherwise, there couldn't be pretty people in the room. It's like he has they have to be worse than him because he's better. That's how it works. You know? Yeah. They're not the same. He's better. Um, I really started to feel worse and worse for him as well because it's very apparent that they're just right. amping up they, this inhibitor. They definitely this. kind of like remove the responsibility from him as the villain, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Because you're seeing the Tarkin still Which there makes on the, the price of the real estate on Tarkin Island go up and up. Tarkin Island. As a freaking wonderful villain. Welcome to Tarkin Island. It is very dangerous. I saw a, uh, a meme when it's, I guess it was from like Iron Chef or something. And it said, my response from now on, whenever anybody asks how things are going, and I guess a chick's making waffles, and she's like, all is not well in Wafflesville. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I thought it was so funny when he said, when you sent me that meme that was like, it's not right that the freshest thing in here is the pigeon. <laughs> and it's a pigeon wearing a Supreme Jacket. He's like, thanks, Jeff. <laughs> um, one of my favorite jokes that, it's not a joke, but like a sarcastic rage thing. Idiot that sandwich. Is, uh, the idiot sandwich is bad. But whatever he's like, uh, nobody in here knows how to cook. And the reason I know that is because you guys all put your work on Chef Mike. And he's talking about they all put their food in their microwave when they're cooking. <laughs> he's like, I'm so tired of Chef Mike. That's you really know, he rages. How has that guy not gotten canceled yet? I mean, I'm all for it, but. I think because he started off like that. That's you know true. What I mean? it, it's, the bar was already so low. They're like, you know what? What's, what's even going to happen now? Dude. I've heard he's like a really nice guy. Yeah, he just takes his job seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it'd be kind of like if there was a freaking, yeah, talk show about Greg Popovich. Yeah. Okay, so another thing we got to talk about from this episode of Bad Batch is what's going on with Wrecker. Wrecker, his inhibitor chip's happening, but that's what's happening. I don't think so. Yes. I mean, I know that you disagree with me, but you give your explanation and I'll give mine. You go first. We already know what you think, though, so explain. What do you mean? You made it very apparent what your opinion on the issue is. I just want you to go a little bit further. Yeah, I know. I, I, that's why I was asking. Don't be I, a child. Just go on. The reason I asked you to go first is because we both know my reasoning. They don't. Okay. Don't get mad. My reasoning is 
fives and Rex and a lot of other examples we've seen throughout the Clone Wars when their inhibitor chip starts acting up, whether it's pre preeminent or whatever, they have a thing where they're very verbal about their head hurting. And I know your reasoning, but um, I think it could be twofold. So here's the thing. On their entry onto this uh, asteroid planet moon mm-hmm. kind of thing, he does hit his head. And maybe that is the reasoning is he's injured so he can't help. But my thought is maybe, as crazy as this is, maybe his inhibitor chip is messing up because the Kaminoans are ramping up crosshairs and they're trying to see if they can still get a hold of the other ones. Or it could be that his inhibitor chip, when he hits his head on that reentry, um, does something to to set it off or malfunction or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's an ongoing thing that Fives talked about his head hurting and Rex, even when he was fighting it, was like foggy and doing this to his head. And when, I know this is specific, but when Wrecker's saying, oh my head, he's touching the right temple, which is where the inhibitor chip is. Mm-hmm. It's a specific location. And so I think that it will introduce an issue that they'll have to figure out. Yeah, and I that's all totally valid reasoning. Um, one thing is that it I think like it he did hit that part of his head, so right. it, you know makes sense that that's the part of his head that he's touching. Um, I think that they were just kind of inflating it a little bit um, to keep him out of the scene because then it wouldn't have been Omega and Hunter on that little mission. You know what I mean? Right. And that kind of had I think there's really trying to establish Omega as a character, especially as a part of the team, mm-hmm. and see what she's about. Um, they kind of did the same thing where they bumped off Hunter, you know, for the little bit of the mission that Omega, had, you know, had some sort of value that went beyond just her ability to follow him around. Um, I think another reason why I don't, I'm not convinced that it's the inhibitor chip is because his behavior towards the other clones hasn't changed. Um, whenever there was a inhibitor chip malfunction previous to this, there was always some sort of behavioral change towards the people around him. Yeah, definitely. and that hasn't happened at all. Maybe. Um... My thought was because he's so different and so big and all I know this is not how it works, but in my mind, I was kind of thinking the same way it takes somebody who's real muscular longer to get drunk. Maybe the, because he's an altered clone, he's not a reg because he's so big. Maybe it's just a, a gradual process. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you really can't regulate how one of the Bad Batch will respond to the chip because they're so different. Well, and in my mind, it's kind of the opposite that um, if he's already resistant towards it, I don't think the chip is going to improve long distance just because they're working on somebody else's. If anything, it's going to get less and less effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, I mean? that was a shot in the dark for me. I was saying that I think him hitting his head maybe did something right. weird with it. That's the more plausible case. Is yeah. that he well, hit his I, head and it yeah. something weird. I mean, it's Star Wars, so any freaking crazy thing is possible and they'll justify it. But I I really just think they were trying to kind of isolate him from the rest of the group. Maybe, here's one thing also, which I totally agree, it's a valid point. Mm-hmm. Maybe they, something that they brought up multiple times is how the group misses Crosshair, how the group, mm-hmm. like they went and they made Omega a bunk of her own instead of giving her Crosshair space because they want to keep that space for him. Mm-hmm. And Omega says, let's go back and get him. You mm-hmm. know, no no brothers left behind. Hunter feels bad because he's like, I should I don't know what I did. I should have 
try to find a way. Obviously, there's no way to get them off Camino, mm-hmm. but maybe hunters will not hunter. Maybe wreckers won't fully turn him, but it'll like like uh, when a ballast is out in lights. And they turn on and they turn on, but like the power is there, but the ballast is is only sending so much signal to where the light will flicker and then it'll turn off and then it'll turn on and it'll turn off. Maybe there will be flickers of the chip working and it'll be enough info that tech or echo can kind of get an idea of what's going on and then remove the chip. Or think about this earlier in the episode Tech is working on some kind of device that they can scan the chips and see like their functionality. Mm-hmm. So maybe Wrecker having that builds up and Tech's thing starts working and you know that yeah. sort of thing. I think that I can see it. I can see me totally blown up out of proportion and speculating like I always do. And you're right, and it was nothing. I can also see where the combination of Tech making the chip reader headset thing he was working on. Mm-hmm. Wreckers fluctuating uh, symptoms, helping them build a formula on how to deactivate Crosshair's chip. Well, yeah, I guess That's the so. ultimate goal. I 100% now that we see we're a couple episodes in, I've got a little bit of my feet on the ground. I 100% see a world where they get Crosshair back. Right. Well, and I, I don't know. That just feels like overkill for me since we now have Omega's knowledge on the inside of what the inhibitor chip is and they know that they can just remove it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I don't. I mean, maybe Omega doesn't know to remove it. I mean, I feel like that's just the next logical step. You know what I mean? It's like the first thing that Fives thought to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. I don't think that Omega. I, I think Omega knows a lot about it, mm-hmm. but I don't think she would know more than anyone to just take it out. I don't know. There's definitely they're they're definitely building up. Echo, I'm not Echo, Tech and her are going to work together to try to undo crosshairs. And maybe because Echo and Tech are both so smart, they can find a way to do it from a distance. To dis, um, like to depower it Hmm. in a weird way. Think about this. If a clone trooper has... I feel like you've been watching some ancient aliens here. No, no, no. (laughs) Um, and maybe you know do you think an EMP would work I mean it seems that it's more of a biomechanical thing you know I think it showed up like a tumor so it wouldn't have the same neurological impulse that would be neutralized by an EMP Mm. you remember because they pulled it out and it was organic it was like oh yeah yeah yeah. you're right right, 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 right. interesting an EMP would give Echo some fits, though. Yeah, definitely. Did you like that cool dragon that it fed off of power? And whenever it yeah, was eating was stuff, cool. it did that cool... Wheel, wheel, I'm kind of proud of myself wheel. for how quickly I anticipated all the things that they were doing with that dragon, though. Like, right away, I knew that he fed off power. Yep. That would be all the uh, all the book reading I've all done. All the rage in London. <laughs> That's why I thought you were going with that for some reason. Uh, yeah, I thought the episode was really good. Um... Obviously, we talked a lot about the Bad Batch side of things, but the Imperial side of things was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Probably one of the darkest things I've seen under Star Wars animation was Crosshair's execution of, like, multiple people. I feel like we've seen some pretty dark stuff from the Clone Wars, especially where Palpatine's involved. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 different. It's when, a different flavor for sure. When Palpatine kills somebody, because it's like, oh, that's a bad guy. Yeah, I expect that. It's the cold bloodedness of a clone trooper is supposed to be a good guy. I like it. Oh, I was all there for it. Yeah, I like the. I just like the commitment. My favorite thing is a villain that's completely sold on what he's doing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's no, no bumbling, no questioning about it. Um, I do really identify not identify i really do have empathy towards crosshair when the new people are like making fun of him because he's a clone Mm -hmm. i was like you guys all know this guy could eat your lunch i I think it's kind of to me in my mind when i was watching crosshair's reaction where he didn't really do anything it reminds me of that uh part of dark lords of the sith where the twi'lek is infiltrating the star destroyer and an imperial (laughs) guard gives her like some lip and she, it says that she knew in that moment that the Imperial's death became uh, a certainty and not a possibility. Mm. You know, that he like kind of made up his mind what he was going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever he's like problem first her crosshairs for first off crosshairs voice is freaking sick. Mm-hmm. And he's I say this bone, every dude. week, but D Bradley Baker needs a raise. <laughs> Is he getting paid to do 30 people an episode? Because that's what they're that's what I'm they're sure he's being in. compensated handsomely. Um, but yeah, when he... And his voice through the vocoder of the helmet is even cooler. Mm-hmm. No, I just like that, says, like... says, so you're not going to comply. Yeah. I like that as a follower, he had his problems. And then it's kind of... I don't know. I feel he's like unleashed. it's kind of a shtick where it's like some there's a follower who hasn't been in charge and they've got all these opinions about how things should be done. And then they get a taste of being in charge and they're like, oh, this they is not at all at what it, I thought yeah. it would be like. But Crosshair's like, there's an issue and he's in charge and he sticks to his guns, literally. Just yeah. mows them down. I love that. Yeah, whenever he uh, he says, where's Guerrera? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't know. And I wouldn't tell you if I did. <laughs> and he shoots her straight I in the chest and goes, I believe you. Freaking sick. He's got a very Cad Bane vibe to him as a bad guy. Yeah, except for he doesn't even care about money. Or hats. Or hats. Although his helmet is really sick. It I do sick. like his new helmet. Uh, so the idea is um, Crosshair is getting even more violent, even more aggressive because mm-hmm. of the inhibitor chip being amped up. Yeah, I hope it's kind of like... How far uh, can they push it? I hope it's kind of like Tim Roth's Abomination where he just keeps getting more and more vile under uh, yeah. Tarkin's rule. Like he just keeps enhancing it more and more. Super, Man. super crosshair. It's really sad. He's being really tortured. You can tell he's definitely tormented by, like, the psychological burden of it. Not of the killing, but just, like, the the separation from the group. He's not stupid. Like, he knows what they're doing when they're amping stuff up. I feel like I... It's weird because when I was younger in Attack of the Clones, all the, all the clones were, like, you could tell them to do anything and they'd do it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, everything was, yes, sir. They'd be like, all right, I need you to poop on your hand. They'd be like, yes, sir. Like, there was not emotion to, involved, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, now, having seen Rex fight it and, like, literally shedding a tear as his hand is, like, raising, you know, seeing Jesse, like, no, the Jedi are evil. And Rex is like, listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, in the comics, uh, Commander, what's his name? gray i want to say the character that executes order 66 on kanan and his master in the comics uh kanan is able to reason with him 
and be like, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Something's wrong. And and the guy breaks out of the mental hold. So that was kind of retcon for Bad Batch. But it is doable where they're brought out of it. And so I wonder I wonder if he can feel them changing his... Yeah, well, and I think that all kind of plays into, like, the first episode of The Clone Wars where Yoda's talking about how they're very different in the Force. Yeah. You know, even though that they're genetically the same. That was they have, so mind-blowing when that first happened. They have a different essence about them, you know what I mean? They have a different way of reasoning. The essence! A different essence! <laughs> Welcome back, Mark Hamill. Thanks. He's the voice of Skak Tech. I don't know if you knew that. Mm-hmm. Um... Okay, so that's pretty much covering all the Bad Batch stuff, except what are the Kaminoans up to? I think they're trying to basically make sure they're still on both feet under the Empire. So what are they trying to create that is this next level of thing? Uh, I don't know. They're shifty. It could be like a super soldier serum or... What if... Hey... I think they're just trying to make it seem that like the... <laughs> the clones are going to be a more financially viable option. Yeah, than which trying. they're not. But if they can, what I'm saying is if they can produce a higher, I guess, quality soldier for what they're looking for. You yeah. know what I mean? <clears throat> I seem to recall, am I misremembering this? Is there a moment where in the Mandalorian, the dark troopers... I'm mixing up a bunch of information. Is there a moment where dark troopers are partially human and they abandon that and go full droid? Or is that from Legends? I think we see Moff Gideon talking about like a Mark I being more like a mech suit. and then Okay, so it, maybe the Kaminoans are working on a hybrid. That'd be cool. But I don't really see them. They're more like genetic modifiers as opposed to technological. Yeah, definitely. Seems like something that Watt Tambor would have his mitts on. But... I will also say the Kaminoans are shifty, and whatever they have to do to keep that money in the bank, shorty, what you drink. You feel like they, they would have it, like they have all the money that the Republic could borrow from the freaking banking clan. You think they could? The banking put their clan little hoofs will up. sign your treaty. Here's my thing. I, you know, they make it seem like they are living paycheck to paycheck. They've got to be swimming in it, and not just because they live on a water planet. <sighs> Uh, yeah. They have to be wealthy beyond imagining. They have literally the majority of the money in the galaxy at this point. But... That's where all the money is going. Lama Sue is like, we have to stay relevant. Maybe just Lama Sue is just greedy. Yeah. I like when he looks at the humans and he's like, they are inferior to the clones. (laughs) Oh, man. That's funny. Uh, okay. So do you think they're up to trying to like create something special? They have to be. I mean, they're just, they're desperate at this point. You know what I mean? So they had something that the Republic needed. The Republic didn't have an army and there was an imminent war. But now that there's not a war and they just kind of need to, you know, spread dominance, they can conscript that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the immediate urgency is kind of gone. So, and what's interesting is if they can, obviously we know long-term, it's kind of silly because long-term we know that's not what happens, mm-hmm. but I'm interested to see what they come up with. But we do know, like Rampart was saying, they need more soldiers than ever 
because they right. need to keep everything under control instead of when it's hey, not just we need half to go the to galaxy this place, anymore. this place, and this place to, yeah. f- to fix. Yeah, exactly. We need to go to Geonosis and Felucia and Seleucami. Now it's every single planet needs a garrison, mm-hmm. you know, or a dozen garrisons, or like any at least every relevant planet they can offer resources to the Empire. Right. Yeah, we're gonna bring some friends in here to strip mine you, <clears throat> basically and leave you be. Yeah. Suck what, it, okay, fall. so um, what would you rate this episode scale of one to ten? Ooh, I'll give it a seven. I saw a guy rated at ten. Well, some people have stupid opinions. Oh my god. I would give it an eight. I think better than seven. I think uh, I enjoyed it more than last week's. I'll give it a seven and a half. Let's be uh, episode it, on one, IMDb, it's an eight. To me, episode one is still the best one. Oh yeah, for but sure. But it's an, it hour an hour and twenty minutes. minutes. Yeah, so it's you know we were we watched this one. I was like, man, I feel spoiled. Can we get some more, please? Yeah, yeah. I hope it's kind of like the Mandalorian, where every once in a while we'll get an episode that'll just be extra long. Boom, forty minutes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, and then um, boom, eighty minutes. Got a wild hair this week. Woo! Yeah. Hey, and we got a lot more to go too. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Um, Fantastic. So. Not really any new characters besides those new Elite Squad troopers. I guess Rampart was a big new one. Yeah. He, he's going to have a big role to play, I feel right. like, because Tarkin's leaving. Well, yeah, Tarkin's kind of taking his hands off of this situation, so I think Rampart's going to move to the fore. I hope we get to see a little bit of what Tarkin's doing just out there. You I don't think I mean? that it's, Im- it's important to the— I want it, though. <laughs> it doesn't seem important to the story. Yeah, I, don't care. I want it. Remember when, Remember? when uh, the Kaminoans say, uh, "Maybe Chewbacca, I love Chewbacca." Uh, the Kaminoans say that the clones are Kaminoan property. Mm-hmm. I think they're on loan from the Kaminoans, technically, because it's what? like they're, I like it's kind of like they're copyrighted. You know what I mean? They've got the secret formula, the secret weapon, crabs. My my plankton isn't that good. <laughs> I'm out here trying, man. That was your plankton. <laughs> All right, there's no need to be rude. No, no, no. I just I didn't know what you're doing, so I was in the midst of going. How many characters ramp on about the freaking secret formula? No, no, I know. I was I was in the midst of going. Oh, what's that from? And then you said my plankton's not that good, so that's what really sent me. I was. owned it. All right. I know. I know. I know. That was just funny. Get off of my back. And into my game. The greatest cartoon horse movie of all time. Oh, yeah. Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron. You have no rival. Oh, my knee. Okay, uh, so changing gears a bit, uh, going towards High Republic Volume 5 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. comic book. I think some important things happened, and then, like, that's kind of like all that happened. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. like. I hear what you're saying. Two things. Um, so. Where we left off, uh, if you're keeping up and you don't remember, is um, we're on that one planet. I can't recall. Uh, but the Dringir have taken hold of Skier, and then he breaks their influence. And Kinda, right yeah. as what well, it, it appeared at the time, mm-hmm. um, that he broke their influence. And as the comic was ending, part four, uh, they're kind of like, man, there's a lot of bullcrap going on. We need to figure this out. The Dringir were still out and about. And then the huts show up and go, don't worry, you're protected by the gracious hut cartel. 
And uh, that's kind of where we're at. And so it's Jedi who are sent there because there are people missing. And it turns out the people are missing are being eaten by the Dringir. And then some guy that lives on the planet has signed a treaty with the Huts that in return for their protection, they get grain. Um, and so it's basically a protection racket, which is kind of cool because it's like very Old West style. Yeah. Um, so the Jedi are there against the Dringir, and the Jedi are against the Huts, and the Huts are against the Dringir. So it's like this crazy end of that one episode of The Office Mexican standoff. And they realized that the enemy in common is the Dringir. So for a short while, the Huts and the Jedi joined forces to attack the Dringir. And the best Jedi in the galaxy at the time, Master Skier, the Trandoshan Jedi Master. He is such a cool character. Super cool character. He realizes, and it's it's really tough, but he realizes that the only way to gain full um ownership of himself because he's fighting back and forth because the Dringir are very strong in the dark side of the force we keep having to revisit that and remind ourselves mm-hmm. of that uh but the Dringir are not just plants um imagine like for those of you who are fans of the new republic era uh new jedi order or stuff like that it's not just the yuz and vong where they're this crazy ancient out of nowhere enemy they're this crazy ancient out of nowhere enemy that's also like steeped in the dark side of the force yeah and they desire to feed and so you have the light that's within skier that is trying to fight off the dark but then skier gives this revelation uh a good chunk of the ways through the uh episode or the the whatever you want to call it the issue uh that his connection to the force is waning and that's kind of brushed under the rug because of everything that's going on. But I really hope we dive into what's been going on there. Yeah. Well, and I um, we have some cool characters introduced to, like Miarga, the Benevolent, who is, I guess, a prominent member of the Hut Cartel. Um, that's kind of a cool. We I think we've only ever really seen one Hut warrior concept, and I I think that's not even canon anymore. Well, there was a. There was a dark Jedi hut back in the day that Leia fought. Right. But that one character, I can't remember his name, but the really jacked hut that mm-hmm. Luke ends up fighting, he's canon. Is he? Yeah. Okay. And he's a physical specimen. So we've got like one of two now. You yeah. know what I mean? That's very cool concept. And this is a... Uh, a female. Back in the day, they were hermaphroditic and they chose their sexuality. Or not that they chose, but it would be the hermaphroditic, but they're, they lean more towards masculine or feminine. But I think they're just one or the other now. So this is a female hut. And um, so she's trying to take over the town and quote unquote protect the citizens. And she has a cybernetic right arm. Yeah. Very cool looking. Yeah. Um, so what do you think is going on with, uh, with skier? What do you think is going on with his relationship to the force? Uh, I don't really no because i the only experience i have with the concept of somebody's force connection to the force kind of being severed is at least with canon is where luke cuts himself off from the force um the only thing i can remember other than that was when bane was kind of stalling out 
mm-hmm. uh, as a, an apprentice, but I feel like Skier wouldn't have that same kind of issue because he's a Jedi Master. He understands the ins and outs of the Force. Well, it's not just that, but when Darth Bane couldn't t- really get a hold of the Force, it was because he was a dark side user mm-hmm. and he wasn't willing to give himself right. over. And the light is... It's not dependent on that. Exactly. And so I, I can't really give a viable explanation just because we haven't seen it before. You know what was make what what makes it a really interesting point is when you when the High Republic first launched mm-hmm. and I'm talking not the release of The Light of the Jedi, but the launch of just here's a trailer based on books, which I was freaking geeking out about because that was so cool that they paid that much homage and respect to this upcoming project. But the question I want to say it was Claudia Gray said the question that we wrote on the whiteboard or chalkboard or whatever when we're all sitting at Lucas Books trying to write, the question they asked themselves is, what do the Jedi fear? Right. And they were saying, and we didn't want it to be something that we had seen before. Because mm-hmm. obviously, if you ask that to the, av- to the average Star Wars fan, the Sith is what you would think of. Right. But in my mind, the Nihil don't fit the bill. Mm-hmm. The huts the drink gear yeah. all that stuff is stuff they they would end up it's it's Clearly, not normal yeah but it's something they could deal with to me this separation from the force if it's only happening to skier then that's cool but to me that's a much scarier prospect is the jedi being cut off from the force they don't know why they don't know how yeah i think the drinker are clearly the bigger threat um, but he talks about, and what is one of the things that makes it more confusing is that his severance from the force happened before they encountered the Drangir. They right. ha- it happened, uh, during what's her face's trial and that swarm came and he didn't sense it. Yeah. Her, yeah. His apprentice, her trial took place and he didn't sense that whenever they're in that ship and, uh, the Nihil, I don't know why it's so hard for me to remember. What's her name? Throw, uh, I could have told you if I didn't try to think of it just now. Um, it's like Reeves or something. Yeah. Uh, but whenever they throw that, they this is like in part two. This is kind of further back. They throw like a gas canister, canister or something, and it makes him real bewildered. And in the moment, we were thinking, what the crap is this? Like some kind of crazy gas? But it turns out it was because he was already losing that connection to the Force that it really, really messed up his senses right and we and, thought it was maybe something the nihil were doing right right and it makes sense that his aggression is heightened because his connection to the force has lessened right so well and there's as something it, to be said as for, it decreases he increases there's something to be said for the influence of the drain gear as well since they're so heavy you like that uh yeah in the dark side so trandoshans are obviously much more naturally aggressive and if you had to put species within Star Wars on the light side or dark side, there would be a dark side species. You know what I mean? Right. Um, like the natural opposite of the Wookiee. Yeah, exactly. Like I was gonna, I was literally about to say Wookiees are more light side kind of animal. Or pardon my French. <laughs> species. Sorry, guys. Um, but so that's why he's getting that extra. Remember when he just killed that one guy and we were like, holy crap, skier. Um, yeah, that's pretty ballin'. So he realizes he doesn't have the strength right now to fight the darkness within that the Drangir has taken hold of because he said just one small seed, one small root, and it'll take over. So he asks his Padawan 
to influence his thoughts with like all her might um, so that she can convince she can convince the Dringir through his own thoughts that he is dead and that the meat is spoiled because that's what they're seeking is meat to continue uh, you know their lives and so whenever it says uh, the meat is spoiled the harvest mm. is spoiled the Dringir really uh recluse themselves from that area. Right. So that's one huge leg up is if we can convince, you know, it's kind of, it was a very World War Z thing where it was like, okay, let me inject myself with like the common cold Mm -hmm. so that the zombies won't want me because I'm not a healthy host. It was very similar to that. Whereas if we can convince the drinker that the host is unclean, then they won't want to, they want to, they want to secure the, the righteousness of the herd. (laughs) Well, and we see, like, once that's kind of happened, that it seems like the Drangir withdraw themselves from Skier. Well, not only that, they don't just re- re- uh, withdraw themselves from Skier, but they leave the whole premises. Mm-hmm. Like, well, and and on... everywhere, because they have a hive mind. Right, exactly. So, it's kind um, of an interesting... But it seems, and this kind of wraps up this issue, but it seems that it had become such a part of him that as it withdrew, it also killed him. I don't. Ex- I hope that that's not the full well, case. And we don't know that he's dead. It's on a cliffhanger. Yeah. And I feel like if he were was, actually dead, it wouldn't have been left on a cliffhanger. You know what I mean? There would have been some closure. Yeah, I feel like he would have just been dead, dead. Yeah. Because it said um, to be continued. It said, um, "Let's see, do do do." Skier will be restored, and then his padawan says, "Skier, that wasn't part of the plan. Don't you do this? Do you hear me? Don't you dare!" And his head is lolled back. Yeah. I imagine he'll come to and spit some some stuff out. And <laughs> typical drowning thing. Um, but it is very interesting to see where that's taking. And so my thing is, is the bigger issue the disconnection from the Force? Or is that just ha- going to happen to Skier? To me, that's the number one threat you could ever do to a Jedi is take the Force away from them. Yeah, the old you know? Avatar The Last Airbender threat. Well, it's like, you know, I know we use a lot of biblical terminology and stuff, obviously, because that's who we are. But whenever you read or understand the Easter story, the beatings and the whippings and the maimings and the tearing out of the beard and the hair and the humiliation uh, is not what really breaks Jesus down. It's when God can't look on him favorably because he's covered in the sins of all mankind for all, you know, all time. And God has to turn away from him, and that's when Jesus says, "Why have you forsaken me?" That's the thing that hurts him the most is the disconnection from the Father. And so, the drink gear and the Nihil and the huts and the all this other stuff going on. It's I know it's more than they were typically handling in that frame, but if you drop, like, whenever I think of the question, "What did the Jedi fear?" I'm thinking all Jedi ever. Not just in this one specific story. Mm-hmm. What is something, if you told the Jedi, I can do this thing to you, what's the number one thing they would fear? And our natural inclination is to say the Sith, because that's the opposite of the Jedi, but lack of the Force is definitely the bigger threat, because then you can't do what you're called to do. You can't be the person you're supposed to be. You can't help the galaxy. And so, you know, if you drop the Nihil into freaking, you know, the prequels, the real original trilogy, they'd be like, oh, God, all right, well... Let's go deal with these pirates. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, 
I know that Marshawn Rowe has something big up his sleeve. Right, and I think it might have something to do with him because he's the one that's doing experiments Yeah, on Great Storm. Um, so it's... Hard. It's interesting. Yeah. We'll see. I definitely... I don't know. The comic has definitely taken the concept of the Drangir being the threat, whereas um, the High Republic, Light of the Jedi, you know, really, the really let the Nihil be the the main bad guys so into the dark was really good mm-hmm. i really liked that i think i like the light of the jedi is probably the the stronger book just because of it being an adult novel and there doesn't mm-hmm. have to be all the little young adult stuff involved but i would say that painting a mental picture wise i had more fun with the locations of into the dark yeah, I think I think it was just it was more of a localized novel. You to know me, what I mean? Yeah, but to me, I felt like Light of the Jedi I was, was such a huge book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot of information. It was really great, mm-hmm. but Fantastic to me, book. Into the Dark was one of those things that I I had more fun visualizing what was th- going yeah, on. Yeah, I think it just felt more tangible. Yeah, yeah, that's the perfect word. Yeah. Is that I love what was going on in Light of the Jedi, mm-hmm. but Charles Soule had to set up literally a whole universe yeah, yeah, of yeah. what's going on. Yeah, and it, it, like it just had more of a Legends feel. It just felt more out there. It felt like because it was so big, because there were so many concepts, because right. there were so many new characters and uh, ways of interacting. Whereas um, Into the Dark, you had pretty much your little set, uh-huh. and you had two or three places you were at. Yeah, you know what I mean. It just felt closer yeah and because it was just those two or three places you really got a great mental Mm -hmm. picture of what was happening for sure um so before we wrap this thing up a little bit of rumors that i want to get your thoughts on that we talked about a little bit earlier in the week but um rumors are circulating around the interwebs that a certain daisy ridley is in talks with star wars to return to star wars what are your what's your immediate thought um, my immediate thought is probably maybe a little bit of story before episode seven is really? what I would think. Huh. Um, I don't think that they're willing to crack into post episode nine just yet. Yeah. I think there's too much to fill in in the meanwhile. Interesting. You know what I mean? Because if they go post episode nine, we're going to have to do something similar to the higher public. It's going to be a lot of building. Um, but so like a yeah, I think I think probably just something in the in between. All the different kinds of bread she eats on Jakku. Right. <laughs> it just seems like such a it's a such a meager existence. There's not really anything to explore. To me, well, and it's possible we're just like keeping track of what she's doing while we see what's happening elsewhere. You know what I mean? We're mm-hmm. gonna have a whole show about Kenobi on Tatooine. That sucks just as much as anything on Jakku. You know what I mean? But, yeah, but there's Ray, still a lot going on. But yeah. we only we only know that because we already kind of know what was going on. But we have no idea what was happening with Ray and on Jakku. You know what I mean? Yeah, there may be a lot of things that she has dreams or visions or stuff that she doesn't recall. Right. There's definitely she definitely has experiences that she pulls on that she doesn't even realize are there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think post nine, perhaps the rebuilding of the Jedi Order. I mean, that seems like a better story to me. And maybe it's not a movie. Maybe it's a Disney Plus series. Yeah. And maybe the... Okay, so in talks means 
nothing is set in stone yet. Right. We're talking far future project, like 2024. And so what if season three of the Mandalorian happens and season four is the far future and it's Grogu and Ray rebuilding the Jedi order together. I mean, really anything's possible at this point. I just don't know that they're going to be wanting to move on past episode nine just yet. Yeah. Especially they've already got so much stuff that they're already cooking. I feel like that might be a little bit too ambitious. Yeah. But it would be, it would have been 2019. It would have been, if it, if something with Ray comes out post nine, it would have been five years since Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. But it's all speculation as of now. I mean, if Ahsoka, what if when, okay, if, does Ahsoka have to have died to have spoken to Rey in episode 9 or could she just telepathically be communicating it's hard for me to imagine Ahsoka being alive and not being involved yeah you know what I mean but she was I mean yeah she seems like the kind of person that she did so much and she saw so much that she just wants to take a giant back seat no she's too much of a tryhard she didn't train Grogu she did not train Grogu. She just knew that it wasn't her, for her. Do you know what I mean? I think she just knew through the Force that Grogu was supposed to go to Luke. Mm, I don't know about that. She she said that she was afraid of how powerful he was because of what happened to her master. To me, it was very much a turning down the opportunity versus... I don't even know if she knows who Luke is. I feel like that's a pretty big presence in the Force. Also, he destroyed two Death Stars. Yeah. I feel like everybody knows who Luke is at this point. Well, what I'm saying is I think that she, she probably knows he exists, but I don't know if she know like knows how to get in touch with him. I don't know. I I mean maybe they've met, but who knows. Yeah. I just from the way that um Luke is talked about in uh Bloodlines, for instance. Yeah. Like he's legendary you know what i mean there's nobody who doesn't know his name and she would know his name skywalker yeah yeah yeah, i get that i guess what i'm saying is i was gonna say the same book bloodlines he's legendary but he's mythical at the same time yeah and i think that's just because leia is in the goings-on of like the primary things and luke is off doing jedi things you know what i mean right i guess what i'm saying but i don't think he's so far removed that if she were determined she couldn't get a hold of him yeah yeah, I think if she was determined, she could find him. I'm saying... And I think for sure Luke is aware of Ahsoka. Yeah. Well, Luke is aware of all things because he's the greatest Jedi of all time. Right. That's what I'm saying. But I'm saying I think Ahsoka purposefully has removed herself from the game board for whatever reason. Not a Jedi. Yeah. That whole little spiel. So annoying. All I know is that she's lucky Boba Fett wasn't there whenever uh, <laughs> Mando found her on wherever she was. I was watching the season two finale, and I'm still pissed that he didn't kill whatever that girl's name was. That was so stupid. You can't tell me that Boba freaking Fett doing this does not have more arm power to do to pull her than she has doing this. You know how weak you are whenever something's pulling you back this way? You have, like, no strength to pull this. If someone's doing this, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And the I'm more cut up on the physics of Ahsoka being able to yoink Mando up a tree when he's wearing, yeah, wearing full suit of armor. Freaking no way. Get out of here. Maybe with the Force? It's not how the Force works. 
Hey, this is a future episode I want to talk about, but I would very much enjoy Ray coming back somehow. I don't care if George Lucas himself has to make the call, but to get John Boyega back on board to talk about his development as a Jedi because he is force sensitive. I think maybe they're kind of making the idea of force aware prominent again. He, I mean, maybe. You know what I mean? Well, he's, I would say from how Force Aware works with Han Solo, he's definitely further in touch with the Force than Han was in Legends. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I think a lot of that also has to do with how opposed Han was to the idea of being a Force user. Yeah, but I don't know. He's very much pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of guy. You know, Disney's very like, no such thing as a great Jedi, Force sensitive, not Force sensitive. They're very... As ambiguous as they try to be with all their views and everything, they are trying to paint a pretty well, clear picture. And still we have exceptions to the rule, like the introduced concept of a way seeker, the idea of Ahsoka, who's not a Jedi, but is still a Force user. You know what yeah. I mean? They're breaking their own rules with that kind of stuff. So, Yeah. I mean, maybe... I think Ahsoka's moved on from I'm not a Jedi by the time the Mandalorian happens. You know what I mean? She was just really... Her feelings were butthurt for 20 years in Rebels. Mm. I think that... She is a Jedi, but she's not part of the Jedi Order. Nobody I think is. that um But I think that and this is something whenever we do our unpopular opinions episode, um, I think that Finn has way more potential as a character than Poe ever had. Even had a freaking dream of having. Uh and I think that he, of everyone in the sequel trilogy, Finn's character got the short into the stick treatment. And I think that there's so much potential with him as a force user following. Yeah. Well, and I think, um, Poe's career is kind of minted already. You know what I mean? I think Finn's like, I think Finn's potential at the end of nine is still a lot more uncapped than. Yeah. Yeah. But I would have liked to have seen more from that character. You know what I mean? It's just like, I don't know. Could have happened in eight if Rose wasn't ever made. Yeah. I know. Quote me on that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just think I think there's so much more to the character. And I know that John feels very hurt by Star Wars because there were all these things that he was told behind the scenes of, this is your character, this is the potential that your character has. And 8 really kind of undid that. Mm-hmm. And then 9, there's so much to catch up on that he didn't get that. If you bring him on and you say, it's not going to be Ryan Johnson... It's not going to be J.J. Abrams. It's going to be this person, this person, this person. Someone that he knows, trusts. Someone that knows Star Wars. Because I think Ryan Johnson's cool. I think that J.J. Abrams is cool. That's all well and good. They both have good whatevers mm-hmm. as directors in their own rights. But neither one of them has a clue compared to a Filoni-type character. Mm-hmm. And even Favreau, who's not... I would say Ryan Johnson probably knows more about Star Wars than Favreau does, but as far as filmmaking, Favreau knows how to capture the feeling of Star Wars better than Ryan Johnson does, in my opinion. And so if you can get a Taika Waititi, Dave Filoni, John Favreau, somewhere, someone in that type of wheelhouse that John Boyega can trust to come back in and give some love to that character... Maybe even, I know that John's interested in directing, maybe have him kind of get his feet wet 
on a couple of episodes if it, it was a show. At this point, I prefer shows because we're getting four or five or six times the content than a movie other than going to the theater. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It would be a cool concept. But anyways, I can tell by your voice that you're unenthused. So I just didn't want to talk about it for 20 minutes. <laughs> so it is what it is. Whatever. Uh, all right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Please like this video, subscribe to the channel, tell your friends and family, and we will see you guys next week. May the force be with you. And remember, the only family you have here is me. See you next week. <laughs>